Welcome to Keeping Your Together in a Stressed World with Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. Each week, we explore down and dirty ways to stop awfulizing, catastrophizing, going down the rabbit hole, and moving through all the craziness that is happening right now. We're here to create a community of like-minded people as we give you tips, tricks, and techniques for keeping sane in an unhinged world. And now, here are your hosts, Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. Welcome, everybody. This is Scott Grossberg, one of your co-hosts for the podcast, Keeping Your Shit Together in a Stressed World. And I'm here with my co-host, Michelle Post. Happy Valentine's Day, Michelle. Happy Valentine's Day, Scott. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Sending you lots of love. Lots of love on, <laughs> on this this Monday, February fourteenth, here in the uh, United uh. States. Here in the United States at the moment, I know some people. Uh, it's nighttime, and February fourteenth is almost over. And we have a few. Uh-huh. Who, we have a few who are watching us tomorrow. Uh-huh. From, yep. from overseas, just because it's of already the fifteenth. <laughs> So uh, today we're going to talk about love, but more importantly, yes. the entanglement of love. And we'll Absolutely. get to that. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, be, before that, uh, Michelle, what's what is new and different going on <laughs> in your life right now? Okay, so we did a guilty pleasures episode. Oh, back in November, 2021. And I have a new guilty pleasure. It's a little hard to admit. Go ahead, admit it. There's no judgment here. Okay. So one of my Christmas gifts for quote unquote us from Brian was a Nintendo Switch, which came with a game called Overcooked, which is these little cartoon chefs running around and making pizzas and hamburgers and you got to put the ingredients together and you got to run and and you have to feed uh, either the spaghetti monster or the unbread because the bread have risen from the dead and they're like zombie breads and so you got to make all these recipes so that they, they don't come and take over and there's an onion king this is the most ridiculous thing ever but I love this game so I have to tell you I snuck in 30 minutes of playtime today <laughs> and we conquered like three more levels we made uh, sushi Sushi so you guys are, you guys, are pl- you guys are playing it together. Yeah, it, 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 it is a two person game at least, or you need to get friends to play remotely with you online, because sometimes you need four chefs to get it done. Um, but right now we are mastering levels, just the two of us and, uh, you know, bridges disappear and, you know, um, you're flying in a hot air balloon while you're making these dishes. I don't know why you got to feed people from a hot air balloon, but barely the unbred need to eat so this is my guilty pleasure is you know you're playing a video game i am now a gamer that brings up an interesting point how important is it for couples to play oh well given the topic today i think you know the family that plays together stays together you know couples that play together stay together it is really important for couples to have some common interests that you enjoy together you know maybe one person is more into it than the other but you still enjoy it together you have fun together you fill up your cup together some couples exercise together but it is incredibly important for you to connect with friends family and your romantic partner with mutual mutual compatibility. You don't have to have everything in common, but you need to find a way to connect with each other regularly. And in this particular game, I feel like we accomplish things together as a team. <laughs> well, and I think maybe that's where I'm ultimately going with this is, uh-huh. you know, the, the play towards a purpose rather than it right. just, rather than it just be what I call shits and giggles. Right. Um, yeah. The, the, to accomplish something in the process. And I will be the first to admit as the overachiever uh, <laughs> for most of my life, it's like, what's the point? If there's no point, I'm not doing it. Right. I don't window shop, by the way. I don't either. I, I will do not, not like shopping window in shopping. general. If, it's if a I, weird thing. Oh, I, I love shopping. I, no, oh. I love buying. I like shopping I hate with shopping. a purpose. I need this thing. I go in, I find the thing, I get out. I'm 
very kind of J that way in the Myers-Briggs J versus P. I'm very J that way. I like, I like my to-do list checked off. I don't like just, oh, I mean, but large, large expensive items. I take a long time to do the research. Do you? I do. I don't know know why. One of the, I've told a few people this story (laughs) and I'll admit it again. It's, it's, it's part of my makeup. And right before we went on the air, Michelle and I were talking about imprinting and things we carry over from, Mm -hmm. from childhood. And, you know, one of the ways that my family always showed their love was they bought things for us. Oh, gifts. Okay. Gift-giving. And particularly my grandparents. And in particular from that, my grandfather. And, you know, my sister and I make jokes about we'd go to the bathroom and suddenly a $20 bill would slide under the door. (laughs) In the bathroom? In the bathroom. Yeah, seriously. He would just slide it. Talk about imprinting from childhood. Like, here's some money for using the toilet. Well, I I, I, I never really... Well, I never really put those two together. It was just his way of probably not. Uh, it was of, probably it, just. It was just. He, I think he was being funny. Gift. I never even asked him about it. That's cute. So, so gift giving has always. Uh, <laughs> 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 Our I guest could expl- I just could expl- text just t- typed in. I bet you took a bath quite often, Scott. <laughs> I might explain a few things. Um, it might. So, at any rate, um, one of the things for me is. I'll, I'll buy in an instant, uh, for somebody else. Oh, you will. Oh, for others. For others. And I think nothing of spending oh, money a on Carolyn, for others, a, a, a gift for Carolyn okay, a as gift. a way of showing my yes, love. Yes, absolutely. And, mm-hmm. um, the most extravagant thing I've ever done on a whim. I mean, you talk about it, researching, et cetera. Yeah. And a few of our listeners have heard me tell this story, uh, separately in a different group. Uh, we were in Paris walking along uh, the pathway <gasps> and we walked by uh, a coach store Yes. Uh, and in the window was this, I'm sorry, it wasn't coach. It was uh, Louis Vuitton. Louis Vuitton. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I, yeah. And did I tell you the story already? You might have, but I want and to hear it again. It's a good so story. It, and it was literally, <laughs> I didn't do my research and I would make a wonderful woman because i love purses i gotta tell you i love bags i love compartments i think it's the magician in me i think all magicians like little carrying things but i'm a great purse i'm a great purse shopper i'm a terrible purse i hate purses i i have only i by the way i've only ever denied my wife one thing in life ever only once it happened to be a purse and and it happened to be i believe in las vegas and she wanted this thing and it was just it was just god awful. It she was loved ugly. It. Well, it was f- or expensive. No, no, no. It wasn't. Fr- it was just I ugly. didn't even know the price. It was. Uh-huh. I don't know what it was. It was feathers and things coming <laughs> out of it, and it was. It was something that you would it see probably like out you. of. It was something you'd see out of like a twenties flapper costume. Yeah. Oh. But it was very. It was something. big. And I just said, I'm not spending any money on that. It's not going to happen. <laughs> and, so, and so she's never let me forget it because we, I went back to buy it for her and it was gone. Oh. Anyway, we were walking in. Oh, in walking you in, tried. I did. Yeah, well. That means somebody else had that taste though. Someone else in Vegas. Which is a little scary. A little scary. Um, so we're, we're walking in, in Paris and by, again, it may have been a Louis Vuitton store or one of the others, but there's this person in the window and I fell in love with it. Oh, and and because I fell in love with it, it was I had to get it for Carolyn. And Aww. and in this particular, nobody spoke really good English in this store. Yeah. And I don't speak French. It was horrible because here's here's my dirty little secret. I can't twirl my tongue. I can't make that sound. Oh, the sound. Yeah. So so I never was like good the at R's. that R. I can't do it. And my tongue just I can't twirl I I can't whistle but I no I can't whistle by the way I can't either it's it's, it's, anyway wow that's so weird so uh (laughs) all of that weirdness aside we we get into the store and they're all of course very polite and very nice and we're trying to do our best communicate with each other and Mm -hmm. I finally just pointed up in the window and I was trying to ask where is that purse Mm -hmm. and that then led to a manager coming over and he's in broken English trying to tell me eventually we don't have that. That's oh. a display for the window. Oh, 
which then for some reason, it just- You when this wanted happens, it even more. When this happens, it's like, well, I want that. I know. Which, which then led to another manager coming over and a security guard. <laughs> oh. And it was like, no, no, I wasn't in trouble. It oh, was, okay. It, it was like, what do we do now? This crazy American is selling us. He wants the display purse. Classic. And it, it, it was, I thought I was being polite and they were certainly being polite. And I said, you'll have to come back. We don't have that. That's a preview of the, the upcoming thing. And I said, you don't understand. I want that. And I want it now. Now. And it, it took a little while for them to even figure out what the price was on it. <laughs> but, but we got Ooh. it. And it was the most extravagant thing I think I've ever bought without ever asking. Wow. The price. Never even asked the price. It was wow. like, just wrap it up. And I'm getting this as a gift. Wow. Um, and it's very interesting because again, I, I guess that was window shopping, but I don't, yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't go along stores and look in windows. Um, you know, I, 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 I don't know about, again, probably saying a lot about me. It's like, I will <laughs> buy, I will buy a car on the telephone without ever oh. looking at it. If I see it online, I know what I want, et cetera. I just don't like the shopping part of it. I don't either. I actually hired somebody last time I leased a car to negotiate for me because I don't do well. Oh, I'll, I love the negotiation part. Oh, really? Can you help me buy my next car? Of course. All right. Did I, did I ever, wait, wait, did I ever, did, did, didn't I ever, when we talked, did our money issue, did I ever uh, tell you how I bought Carolyn's last car? I think you did. I need yeah, to re-listen okay. to that episode okay, okay. now that I'm in the market. Now, now Kyle shops. And, and it's because she does a lot of vintage clothing, a lot of vintage oh. furniture stuff. And yeah, estates, you know, she'll go time. to estate sales and things like that. Mm -hmm. So she, she loves that process, that high, uh -huh. that, that hunt and seek uh -huh. of a good deal, et cetera. And it's like, that just makes me crazy. Yeah, me too. And, and so <laughs> she, she wanted this particular vehicle and she had looked everywhere for it. And most of the dealers were marking these so things up. So you knew up. what you wanted, though. She knew exactly yeah. what she wanted, found exactly what she wanted, found a dealer uh, who was actually in California for once. Mm. And I said, are you sure you want this car? Is this the car? Because I'll negotiate it. And she said, that is the car. She said, but these dealers are doing twenty dollars and $30,000 markup yeah. on these vehicles. And I said, well, that isn't going to happen either. Because I'm not, I'm not paying just because somebody has limited quantities, which is BS for me. I just uh -huh. don't buy into that, right? Yeah. By the way, little tip for all of you: when Scott yeah. when Scott negotiates, little tip. Yeah. No, is just a suggestion. When I hear. <laughs> oh, is that how I've gotten myself into all kinds? So of when things I when you? I hear no, it's just a suggestion. Uh, and by the way, first one to talk loses. When you're oh, negotiating yes. and yes, so I, this i've heard we, this is also true for any of you negotiating an uh, um an increase in your pay or and you get a new job and you're negotiating your salary first person who offers money loses yeah, yeah. so um i mean there's a whole thing about negotiation which has little nuances to it far beyond you know this little 15 <laughs> Today's minutes show. maybe but, that's but, the next episode but, we but put we, on the list we, we get in we get in the car and she said, well, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to buy you the car right now before we get there. She said, what? I said, watch this. And I got on the phone and I called down to the dealer. And by the way, another little tip, I asked for the sales manager. First and foremost, I'm not going to negotiate with anybody who doesn't have authority to close the deal. Yeah. Well, I got the sales manager on the phone. And then I did a very um, permissive sale okay. to him. I sold him. Okay. I knew what my objective was. Okay. And, and he got on the phone and he said, hi, blah, blah, blah. And I said, hi, we're, we're about to drive an hour or whatever it was to come down to you and find this car. And this is what my wife wants. Would you like to sell a car today? <laughs> now, what is the sales manager going to say? Of course he wants to sell a car, right? Yes. And so uh, he says, yes. Right. And I said, this is the car we're looking at. I want to make sure this is the car that you've got. We went through it. And he said, yes. And by the way, I'm doing the typical get three yeses at the very beginning of the conversation. He wants okay. to sell a car. It's the car we want. If, if I come down there, 
would you be willing to sell it today? Yes, three yeses. Okay, cool. Then here's the deal. We're about to drive down there. I know what the car costs. I know what the blue book is. I know what blah, 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 all this is. I need you for the next hour to get down with pen and paper and figure out the best price that you can give me. Okay. I'm not going to negotiate with you. We're not going to negotiate. You figure out the best price you can give me. And when I get there, you simply tell me, you, not a salesman, not, any, not anybody else, you tell me how much you're willing to sell this car for. And if I'm willing to buy that, I will write you a check right there. No negotiation, <laughs> no haggling. But you, you figure out the best price we can do this for. I love it. And I got to tell you, we got down there and that's exactly what happened. He walked out. He, he said, I've been doing this. I've been thinking about that. We really want to move this. I, he actually complimented me on my style. He said, I, I like the fact that you're doing this. I'm going to take you at your word that if I give you the best price I can give you, you'll buy this car without negotiating. I said, absolutely. He said, here's the price. I said, here's my checkbook. Okay. Um, and it, it, and I've used that technique many, many times. Oh, I love it. That has to be an episode for selfish reasons before I buy my next car. And by the way, <laughs> with that or point, house or anything, or anything, anything at the end of a deal, if you don't like where it's going, there's nothing that says you can't. And I do this all the time. Is that the best price you can give me? Yeah. And oh, our live listener wants to know, did you get the purse I in did. France? I did, but I never asked them, is that the best price you can give me? Cause I don't think you can do that in Louis Vuitton. <laughs> I think you either pay for it or you don't. <laughs> Which is the company, the purse company that has the patent leather is that, sh that shine, shiny purse look. Is that Louis Vuitton? I couldn't tell you. I mean, I know. I don't know if it's Louis Vuitton or, or Prada coach or, or Prada or I don't think it was coach because we have coach. We have coach here. Okay. We don't have Louis Vuitton is, is like Beverly Hills. Area. Yes. They, they're not as prevalent. I don't yes. think it was. I, it probably was Louis Vuitton. Huh? Okay. But whatever. Well, yeah, I won't the answer, quote you. The answer is yes, I got it. <laughs> And I don't feel bad about it at all. And, and by the way, there's the other little thing that I do. Probably spent a whole whole show just analyzing this. I don't have regrets after I buy things. I don't oh, go. That's lovely. I don't. I don't. Because once I buy it, it's gone. It's just yeah. okay. Um, I do a lot of my word. I do a lot of gratitude when I spend it. Like thank you for letting me have the ability to buy something. Yeah. Um, so I I do the gratitude thing, but I okay. If I buy it, it's just whatever it's gone. Okay. Okay. Well, so in honor of the entanglement of love, I've got one little mini story for you. Okay. We have a housekeeper who comes every couple of weeks and she likes to buy us little gifts. And although I have told her, Brian and I are not married multiple times, and I just stopped telling her that suddenly on the counter after her last visit were two cups hubby and wifey. Okay. And at first I looked at those and I was like, is Brian being ironic, you know, or, you know, and then I realized, oh, this has to be a gift, but here's what Brian did that I really appreciate is he served me coffee in bed the next day in the hubby cup and he drank his in the wifey, Out of the wifey cup. cup? Oh, that's and funny. so we have now reclaimed these labels that people like to give us. And I am hubby. And he is wifey <laughs> or at least for the coffee cup time. And he he's good natured about it. So it's kind of cute. That's funny. But I think, you know, relationships come in all shapes and sizes. We have working relationships. We have family relationships. We have friends and we have romantic relationships. And hopefully when we talk about the entanglement of love, I hope this doesn't shock our readers or, or listeners, when I say that the, the most important love relationship that you can have is the one you have with yourself. So uh, that's where I'm coming from, uh, from a place of psychotherapy is, 
is, of course, we'll get into talking about how to have better relationships with other people in your life. But do you love yourself? Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I really struggled with today's ah. topic. Ah. And I, I, you know, so the people know kind of, kind of the, some of the background of what we're doing here. Yeah. Uh, it's Valentine's Day. Michelle wanted to do a show about love. I did. Um, I love the concept of entanglement. And yeah. I said, I want to bring the woo-woo part of subatomic quantum physics, the uh-huh. spooky science to all this. And for those of you who, who may not understand quantum or have heard about quantum entanglement, it's at a microscopic subatomic particle level. It's when two objects, subatomic particles, become yeah. so entangled with each other, yeah. that they become one. And no matter how far apart they are, or where they're positioned in the universe, uh, a change to one affects the other one. Like H2O is hydrogen and oxygen, and together they make water? Nope. It, that, nope? That, that's, that, that's different. This is, okay. they become separate, uh-huh. but their oneness remains. They are oh. so entangled with each other that no matter where they travel, ah. they are one changes to one ah. affect the other one, even though they are light years apart. That's it. And I, we could get ah, into it at a different time. And so I often wondered, we hear about the concept of soulmates. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And you and I've never really discussed, is there such a thing yeah. from our various perspectives? Now I happen to believe that there is, um, okay. I deal a lot of people, again, we're talking woo-woo today, um, at least on my end of things. And I know this uh-huh. is where this is where Michelle gets to say, you know, <laughs> the emperor wears no clothes. Um, so that, that's what will make an interesting show today. Uh-huh. At some point, when I use the term the entanglement of love, yeah, it is not that you have lost your identity to yeah. a loved one. It is that you are a, your one unit with separate lives. Okay. And I can appreciate that. And so um, it's, it's very interesting, particularly when I work with people and they are working with imprinting. And again, whether you consider it past life bleed through the woo woo stuff, you consider it (laughs) imprinting from when you were a kid the psychology stuff, uh-huh. you have trauma that you carry forward and it's just life. I don't care uh-huh. how you classify this. You know, I, I work with a lot of people who there, there's, there's the inability to identify themselves separately. And we've done shows on codependence before. Yes. And yeah. so I want, I want to really distinguish this show right at the beginning that when at least I use the term entanglement of love. Mm-hmm. I am not talking about codependency. I'm okay, not talking that's good about to hear. losing yourself. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I'm not talking about becoming a martyr to your spouse or significant right. other. Right, right. So I throw this back into your, your court, Michelle, from okay. a therapy standpoint. Uh-huh. I think you are absolutely, well, I think you're absolutely correct. From a therapy standpoint, how does one have better self-love so that they can have better love. Yes. Partnered and family. Okay. Very good. So I think knowing yourself is a pro a lifelong process. So fall in love with learning who you are and what you are here on earth to do, whatever that means. But in the meantime, if you have some old scars, I might start you with some affirmation work, right? Like if you need some help, They don't, these are not sponsors of us, but the I am, I space AM app is an affirmation app where they send you positive messages on a regular basis to your phone or your smartwatch or or whatever, or you can follow them online and they have good affirmations that you can kind of tap into, including different areas of your life, career, love, et cetera. But are you training your head? to talk kindly to yourself. And I don't mean, I don't mean for, for my female clients, it's not just body positivity, you know, affirmations are, I I like to use this term a lot. Don't put shit on a brownie. And (laughs) (laughs) I mean, don't put, don't put sugar on a pile of shit and call it a brownie. That's not the same thing, 
but you want to find the truth at the base. So not just body positivity, but do you talk to your body, no matter what state it's in with a lot of gratitude and love, thanking it for taking you places, for helping you speak, hear, taste, touch, smell, helping you think, helping you write. Your hands are the eyes of your body. Do you notice how you can reach into something without looking like a purse or a bag? Speaking of purses earlier, and your hand can help you find things without seeing it. That's a mirror. That's fabulous. Or your stomach breaks down nearly everything, including proteins that, that you put in it, but it doesn't break down your body that surrounds it. Like that is a walking miracle. The fact that you can eat and break down food for your energy, or, you know, do you thank your brain for helping you think or create or whatever? How often are you talking to your body kindly, no matter what state it's in or aches and pains it might have? Because God knows those keep growing. The list keeps growing as I keep aging. So number one, how do you talk to yourself? Learn to talk to yourself. Start with affirmation work. Start with really stopping the shoulds and shooting on yourself and stop the musts and stop all the distorted thoughts. Uh, no one will ever love me. I'll never be good at this. Like get rid of all the nevers, forevers, always nobody, everybody's like, by the way, I want to interrupt you here real quick, because, yeah. you know, it's very easy for you and I to talk about affirmations. We certainly did that in our home study program. Yep. And, and we've done shows on it. It's very because it's yeah, near yeah. and dear to both our hearts. It's, it's easy, right? In, a, in the context yes. of a show like this to simply say, if you're doing negative self talk, just stop it. Um, yes. And I really would love to pass on one quick tip to everybody. Sure. And sure. that is when you find yourself in an, an, in a state of not self-love. Yes. If, if you're disparaging yourself, putting yourself down, you find this negative cloud, right? We talked about Eeyore's before mm -hmm. we, we, you've, you've got that. Hello, Michelle. It's yes. just a shit day. Yes. And it's only going to get worse, right? So yes. you've got the, you've got these Eeyore's in yourself. You've got these Eeyore's outside. I really, here's a quick little takeaway for everybody. When you find yourself in a negative space, that dark and twisty place, been there, do it, done it, mm -hmm. we'll do it again. Um, here's, here's what has saved me any number of times. And that is simply to ask yourself, what does that remind me of? Yes. And, you know, whatever it is you've got going through your head, I'm, I'm guessing that 99% of the time, it's not your voice that's saying that. I've said this before, right? Whose tears are you crying? Mm. And now I want you to say, whose words are you using? Mm. And we all have scripting. We've heard things from parents. We've heard mm. things uh, from the world. grandparents. We've mm -hmm. heard things from, yeah, the world. And, you know, your brain never turns off mm -hmm. and is constantly taking things in. And we latch on. They're like these earworms that you get when you listen to music, right? That song <laughs> that never freaking goes away, <laughs> just plays over and over and over <laughs> and over again. We do the same thing with some of this negative self-love. Mm -hmm. And I, I just invite you to break the pattern, do the little pattern interrupt by simply asking, what does this remind me of? Yeah. Who do I know that says those things? Right. And you're going to find, you're going to find option. mom, mm -hmm. dad, grandparents, mm -hmm. the family history. Mm -hmm. Yep. Some of it's great. You keep yeah. it. It's the negative stuff that you say, you know what? I'm giving that back to you. I'm uh -huh. not going to own that anymore. Yes. So that's, those are all great tips. All, all. So starting with the self-love, right? If, if you can start to earn that more, decrease your self-criticism, increase your self-confidence. Now we get into where do I stop and others begin, right? And the best way I can describe that is by thinking about two circles. One of them is you and one of them is someone else. I don't know. You fill in the blank. If you're totally distant and not interacting very much, you could be living quite parallel lives and that can feel dissatisfying, right? If you, as you come closer to each other and there's more interaction, you can kind of overlap like a Venn diagram. And there's like an inner circle piece where you're connected, 
but you're also independent and you have space that to be yourself or to be with others, but there's this overlap. And then I guess, like you mentioned, enmeshed or codependent relationships are very entrenched with each other. So it's like two over almost overlapping circles where the other person, you know, their mood affects your mood, your mood affects their mood. And you start taking responsibility for things that that other person may need to do for themselves, which is, you know, past shows, right? Enabling is when we do things for other people that they can and probably should do for themselves versus helping other people is when we do things for other people that they cannot do or they need to learn to do and you want to teach them to do that. So there's a difference between helping and enabling and in a loving relationship that's healthy, you want some overlap so you're connected, but enough space and individuality. And you also want to be conscious of the things that we do for each other are helpful, not enabling. And that that's the framework for. Isn't there a fine line though? Because I, you know, I've, I've, I've struggled, <laughs> I've struggled with this in the context of addiction and bad habit yeah. situations with family members. Sure. And, you know, we, Carolyn and I have had many people tell us we don't enable them. Right. And it's like, okay, but we want to help them. I don't know what the fuck the difference is. Okay. And, and so what is the fine line? Where, where do you draw the line between, even for yourself, the difference right. between enabling or not enabling that's right. Because it, it's the difference between, is this something they can and should do for themselves, for their own independence, growth, et cetera, versus something they cannot do for themselves. So for instance, um, a child under 17, 16, isn't really working enough to support themselves. So of course you're going to pay for almost everything. You're going to provide them food and shelter and clothing and et cetera, et cetera. But once that person hits 29 or up, you know, ideally they have had enough years as an adult that they have a way of sustaining themselves financially. And if they're not sustaining themselves financially, what has contributed to that problem? Did they go to a really expensive school and they're in debt? Then maybe they do need some help. Um, or did they blow most of their money on a uh, blow? <laughs> like, you know, or heroin or whatever, you know, do, you know, are they struggling to sustain their financial well-being because they are wasting a lot of money on recreational non-required things? Is that why they need food and shelter and et cetera? So really like, and likewise, there's a difference between getting something off a top shelf for a really short person and constantly getting up to go in the kitchen and get something off the top shelf for someone that can reach it themselves, right? Sometimes yeah, you do okay. those things that are nice. You'll go in the kitchen. Oh, I just happen to be in the kitchen anyway. I'll get this for you. But if you're like, if your person's sitting on the couch all the time and you're the one running back and forth to the kitchen, in fact, you're sitting next to each other on the couch and the person next to you looks at you and says, sweetheart, will you go get this for me? And you're like, you're just as close to wherever that thing is as I am. You know, you might choose to do that once in a while. So ser serv sweet. I, servitude comes to mind, right? Yes, exactly. Servitude where you're like overcompensating for somebody's undercompensation. That's not the same thing as helping. Okay. So I, I would also suggest that I'm going to give those of you out there a couple of good referrals. Um, if you're in a a relationship that needs some work. I highly recommend John Gottman's work. He is the Love Lab in Seattle, Washington. He's the couples guru, but he also wrote a book called The Relationship Cure, which is a five-step guide to strengthen all kinds of relationships, work, family, love, friendships, and romance. Because, you know, this is love. So there's all kinds of love, right? And one of the main concepts in that one is, do you return the bid? If your coworker says, hey, Scott, let's go to lunch on, on um, Monday, uh, the 14th. And Scott's like, oh, I'm still going to be wrapping up the podcast by that time. And you say, I can't do 12 o'clock. I can do one o'clock or I can't 
do this Monday, but I can do Thursday. That is returning the bid. So if you're interested in sustaining that relationship or furthering, that's one of the main tips from that one. Are you returning the bids to strengthen connections and relationships? There's more, but I want to stop there for a sec. Any thoughts on that, returning the bid? Well, you know, it, 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 I, not a whole lot other than I've always believed, at least my relationship, is that I don't agree with I'll provide 50%, you provide 50%. That's, a business, that's a business deal. Yes, that um, is. That it's, I'm going to give you 100%, not 110%. I can't give you 110%. <laughs> We've talked about that. I can that, give yeah. you 100%. Uh-huh. I will give you all of me. I yeah. will bring an undefended heart. I, I will be there for you. Bring it on. The worst thing you can do, bring it on because I'm not going anywhere, right? Aww, that's you, you bring those fundamental things to it right? and the other person brings that. Yes. Yes. Or I like, I like to think about relationships are 50-50 only through a lot of 80-20s. <laughs> if that enough. makes yeah. sense. It does. Right? Like I do 80% of that, you do 20% of that, you do 80% of that, I do 20%. You know, there's a lot of that. But so if you're if you're looking for some help in the romantic relationship department, I love two more books from John Gottman, Eight Dates, you know, to revitalize your relationship and the seven principles for making marriage work. And whether you're in a marriage or not, that's still a wonderful book, The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. And what he describes is a love map. And it's the part of your brain where you store all the relevant information about your partner's life, like what they love, what they don't like. And it's, you know, having good mental space and energy to store information about your loved one's opinions or preferences, quirks and dreams, and really creating a strong understanding of seeing them and hearing them, appreciating them for your similarities and your differences. And that creates a strong foundation for your friendship and your intimacy. So in his seven principles for making marriage work, he's got a lot of different activities that you can do to strengthen your love map of your partner. Well, you, you mentioned love maps. I'm going to add one that I yeah. learned and, and I, no affiliation with them. I was watching Gwyneth Paltrow's new goop series. Oh yeah. Um, so there's a second one now. Um, and on it, one of the, the guests created something called the erotic blueprint breakthrough. And oh. it's really just called the blueprint. Right? So the, the website is the blueprint breakthrough.com. I love it. And you go through and you take this test and you find your pleasure adventure. Ooh. Ooh, right? And you get options on how to do that. So some of these blueprints, right? Sexual, sensual, energetic, shapeshifter, and yes, kinky is on there. Um, and you go through and they've got a free version of it you can take. And it's really quite fascinating. Very similar to the love languages that we talked about before. Yeah. That whole approach. Uh, so you can, if you don't want to do the breakthrough blueprint, you can do love languages and find out your type. But yep. this one is actually very fascinating. And it's, it's a discussion and an embracing of sexy home play. Uh-huh. I love it. See? Okay. So now that I've gotten through, a, you know, a little bit of the basics for those of you out there that want to improve these relationships, I think from the psychological perspective, the entanglement piece, the entanglement of love is, uh, comes down to a philosophy. This is earth school. You, each relationship is its own class, sometimes PhD. <laughs> And it's your best opportunity to learn about yourself is through the reflection in a relationship and your own areas of growth, the areas that need to improve. So when you can't coming back to your quantum uh, physics of entanglement of love soulmates, my personal opinion, we have a lot of soulmates out there, not just one. We don't have a million but we probably have a hundred is my guess. And whether that's from previous lifestyles or just you align well with the person and they feel like you see yourself and, you know, really have a good connection. I think there's at least hundreds 
maybe even thousands of people out there that fit the soulmate feeling, but I don't believe in just one soulmate, especially if reincarnation is real. This is where my skeptic comes in. If reincarnation is real, you probably had love with more than one person in those previous lives. So why would you only have one soulmate in this life? And uh, that that's been my own coping skill because I have had great love in my life. And I am grateful for every one of those loves that I've had in my life. And Brian just happens to be the best one. <laughs> oh, so you're rating them. Well, yeah, they've gotten better over time because I've gotten better over time. <laughs> ah, there you go. So you attract a better partner when you keep working on yourself. Anyway. What, yeah, it, we were it, just commenting the other day. We were driving across the bridge and listening to a podcast. Uh, I don't another podcast that I liked. Uh, so anyway, and the person was complaining about relationships where you tell each other what to do and you boss each other around. And we looked at each other. And we're like, I'm so glad I met you at this point in life. I have no interest in telling you what to do or how to be. Well, you know, it. it you bring up an interesting point, which I guess, not I guess, it ties in with the whole concept of the entanglement yes. of love, because I think both of us in our various practices, the thing we teach people to do is to untangle themselves yes. Yes. from everything else. Good and, point. you know, maybe a good anecdotal way of looking at what we're talking about today is, look, if the entanglement actually is working for you, yeah, and it's a positive, healthy, nurturing relationship, don't change it. Don't change it. <laughs> when you've got a problem, I'd love for everybody to think of this as, you know, do you remember back when you had tangled hair, particularly if you had long hair? Uh, like this morning. And you got knots in your hair, right? Yeah, because you live in Florida. Uh -huh. And there, there are only a few ways to untangle your hair. And, Cut it off. And, well, wait, that's not untangling <laughs> your hair. That's cutting <laughs> your hair. I know. And so I'm asking people, I think it's a really good metaphor it's to say, metaphor. what do you have to do? You have to use conditioner, right? Yes. Yep. You, you have to at least soften the knot. Yes. And then you take a comb and you meticulously go through. And sometimes it freaking hurts. Yes. As you comb through it. I remember doing that with the kids' hairs, right? That, that Aww, you sit there and you, oh, you hold it out and you got to take the comb and it's like, they're going, ow, that hurts. It's like, I know. I never, uh -huh. I never did. This will hurt me more than it'll hurt you. I know it's going <laughs> to hurt you more than it's going to hurt me. And, and maybe you help untangle it, but the uh -huh. reality is it's not going to untangle itself. That's true. It's just going to get more tangled and if you so, leave it in there and become yeah. a dreadlock. If that's what you're going for. Okay. If that's what you're going for and it <laughs> works for you. I got to tell you, I love the dreadlock look. I just don't <laughs> like what it means. It's kind of like watching sausage get made, right? <laughs> I don't want to know. That's why I don't eat sausage. Um, I love the dreadlock look. I love mm -hmm. the smell of sausage, but I don't eat it. Um, <laughs> and so, the, it, you know, again, yes. great metaphors for your relationships. It's a good metaphor. And the entanglement of, is it time to put conditioner on it? Is it time to start you know. brushing it out? I know. Is it time for you to be able to like, let it free so that it blows in the wind? <laughs> is is it also time to trim off the dead ends? Well, that's a whole other issue. Yeah. Sometimes some it gets stuff hanging around that yeah. needs cleaning up. And, and again, <laughs> yeah. And, and again, causing um, I'm, the tangle. I'm, I'm a big believer. It goes well beyond this show, but I'm a big believer in cutting cords. Um, we're all connected in some way. Everybody, in my opinion, uh, yeah. everybody has a oneness to them. The world is not that big a place. Yeah. Uh, and whether we call it soulmates or we just call it Connections. humanity, yeah. um, we're all connected. And, mm -hmm. you know, I've always loved, I've said this many times, I'll say it again. I've loved the Ram Das. We're all in this, just walking each other home. Mm -hmm. And if you think about that from a love perspective, what, what are you doing today for Valentine's Day? Mm -hmm. If you've got a partner to walk them home, mm. or if you're by yourself, what are you doing to walk yourself home? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of a greater gift of love That's than beautiful. that. Mm -hmm. I agree. It's beautiful. And I don't know if you wanted to say more about the quantum physics of particles entangling, um, but it makes sense to me that these connections are real. 
and that it, it, it's important to sever them when they're unhealthy or when you, one of the two yeah. of you has, has moved past it. There's not a point in pining over someone that you've loved in the past, who's no longer present in your life. But what about nurturing those connections that you do have? Well, and again, you know, at that point, now you're in the spooky science part of yes. quantum physics. Let's yes. just call out what it is. Okay. Um, and there's a whole, maybe we'll do a show on it sometime. There's a whole philosophy behind quantum physics that, and actually programming, I kind of tie them together. I've got all this little geek side of me mm. uh, called deep magic. And mm. most people have never even heard of deep magic before. I actually mm. took that term and adapted it to some of the things I'm doing. And, you know, at some point you just look at it and go, I don't know. It's a mystery. Yes. It just is. It works, right? You meet someone, you're connected with them. Uh, and for those, I do have the woo-woo side. I do embrace it. You know, mm -hmm. for, for some people, it's, I know I've lived with you in another life. I know we're connected through other events. In today's world, some people through neuroscience and neuroplasticity will say, nope, it's epigenerational and DNA transferred, et cetera. I don't care. Uh -huh. let's, let's deal with what is. There's a connection. You feel it. How can we foster that and nurture it? How can we actually entangle you in uh, a good in the, way? In a good way. In a good way. Yeah. You know, um, I've, I've got, I, I never thought of this before, but I've got my object of affection, right, that I wear. Uh -huh. When you think about the way I make these bracelets and put them together, these are all entangled mm -hmm. together. They are. But in a very systemic, organic, nurturing way. Uh-huh. And so to, to take your quantum entanglement, nobody knows why it happens. Right. I, don't, I don't know a scientist that can actually definitively and clearly even explain why it happens. They just know it right. does. Right. It's, it's measurable. It's repeatable. Right. right. So you go through the whole scientific method. Same thing happens with love. Right. We've all we've all had connections. We've oh, all yes. had we've all had. I don't you know, it's not a we're not keeping score. We but we've all had connections, some of them deeper than others. Some of them teasing making me others. blush. You're making me blush. Yeah. Some of them. And oh. and some of them have ended and random you, quote favorite quote of love of all time, Pablo Neruda, famous uh, Chilean poet. I believe he was Chilean. Loving is so short. Yeah, forgetting. Great... Wait, loving is so short. Forgetting is so long. Yeah. Like I remember my first love from when I was like 15. I think we all do, right? We all remember it's crazy. For, well, first of all, I, I can remember first falling in love. I know we're running out of time. My first love <laughs> yeah. was one of my elementary school teachers. I Aww. loved this teacher. <laughs> and in fact, and in fact, That's I was talking cute. to my I was talking to my sister the other day and she said, I remember her, and I'm not going to use her name. I remember Mrs. So and so. You loved her. I said, I did. And she said, <laughs> she said, Scott, everybody loved her. <laughs> our father That's even awesome. loved her <laughs> oh. everybody in the biblical way no okay. i don't think i don't think <laughs> everybody but everybody i just know that my father used to go on field trips with us oh <laughs> um so but so did the other dads oh i just oh I, oh yeah this this lady was just maybe in was, my next life i'll be a teacher what grade did she teach <laughs> I'm not going there because I don't want anybody going back and tracking this. Um, so the, okay. the reality is right. That that's the first time I remembered not a parental love, not that yeah. honest to God, like, like someone out there and I love her. Um, and, you know, there's that. And then we all remember our first physical love. Yeah. If you've had one. I mean, I'm sure there are people listening to the show that haven't had that. I don't think mm -hmm. you ever forget that, but I'll leave either. you, I'll leave you with a quote and I don't know where I heard it from uh, or who said it, but I've always remembered that. And th I think mm -hmm. it might be a good way, at least for my part of this to end this, you never stop loving. You just start loving somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's true. I, all of the relationships or whatever, working friendships, whatever, um, that have ended well, like respectfully, I still have love for every one of those people. Right. Um, 
the ones that didn't end so respectfully. They still I, made you who you are. They still made me who I, I am. And in some way, I love those people for those experiences. Right? Yeah. And, and again, I think that really comes down to the experiences. That's what we're, mm-hmm. that's what we're collecting as human that's beings. Right. Relationship. It's, it's earth school. Yeah. And that's your relationship PhD or quarter class or semester class or minor or major or lifelong study. <laughs> well, I think that may be a good way to actually bring this segment to an end mm-hmm. and it will tie in with next week. Yes. Uh, we, we were going to actually do a segment on how we sabotage our dreams. Oh, yes. Uh, and uh, a lot of this is exactly what Michelle's talking about. If this is earth school, how are you failing? <laughs> uh-huh. And how can we get you turned around? Yeah. We're going to do some remediation. That's right. That's right. You got to stay after school. <laughs> you got to stay after school. And we're going to d- d- do, what is it called? Detention? Detention. Yes. Uh-huh. Now, I say that very boldly and strictly. It's going to be more like Breakfast Club. <laughs> <laughs> Good movie reference. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope this has been helpful for our listeners today. And I hope that, I guess what I hope most of all for each of you that chose to to give us a little bit of your time and attention today, what I hope most for you is that you do find a deep sense of love for yourself, no matter how many different relationships you have out there. You're the only one you're going to have from the time you were born until the time you die. So please take good care of you. Yeah, and, and I'm going to build on that and, and end this with, uh, for, for those who don't have a significant other right now, for whatever reason, uh, you know, you, I think, know that I love Rumi and mm. some of his quotes, and I will leave all of you with this quote, do not feel lonely, the entire universe is inside you. With that, happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Thank you for joining us. We will see you next week. Happy Valentine's Day. Be well. Bye-bye. You've reached the end of another episode of Keeping Your Together in a Stressed World with Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. If you like our show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate our broadcast, and leave a review. The podcast is for general information only and not intended to be legal or mental health advice, nor the formation of a lawyer-client, nor therapist-patient relationship. Stay tuned for our next episode, and thank you for listening.